0: Welcome to the Eastern Hills Audio Podcast. We exist to help as many people as possible take their next step towards finding community and following Christ. Maybe you've got questions about Jesus. Maybe you're good with Jesus, just not his church. Maybe you're feeling disconnected and want to reconnect. We think you'll find our messages both helpful and hopeful. So enjoy. Hey, Eastern Hills, thanks for jumping online with us. My name's Dan, and I just want to let you know, weddings can radically change your life, okay? And not just when you're getting married, but when you attend a wedding. Uh, years ago, back in, let's see, 2012, I went to this wedding, and my friend Joy was also at this wedding, and I was in the back with my friend in the tech booth, and wasn't thinking much. I mean, our friend, our mutual friend was getting married, but man. My friend Joy wore this black dress, and she went from being, hey, Joy, how's it going, to I am taking you on a date tonight. And uh, long story short, we ended up getting married. There's my awesome wife, Joy, our oldest son, Landon, who's six, and then our son, Declan, who's a year and a half, And uh, we are just loving life here in New York, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit more of our transition, but I want to just give you a little bit more of our story. So uh, back in 2012, uh, right around when we got married, we we got married in 2013, but in 2012 we started planting. What's now called Restored Church, and if any of you are office fans, uh, we planted Restored Church just south of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and uh, that's the home of the office. So if any of you are fans, you know you can type in the chat and just you know say what your favorite episode is or whatever. But we started uh, just opening up a row house with our friends, my best friend Tim, my sister Cynthia, our friend Seth. We were in our young twenties. We didn't know a whole lot, but we really loved Jesus, and we wanted others to experience a real relationship with Him. And so So uh, we moved into a low-income neighborhood, and uh, right through these walls, our neighbors included uh, just, just a lot of people who had never experienced God's grace before. And so we opened up our row house for an hour of a meal and an hour of a walk through Colossians in, in Scripture. And so God did amazing things in a year and a half. We had our grand opening in a cathedral that we rented for $150 a month. Can you believe that? I mean, God gave us this miracle. Uh, so we had our grand opening in 2013. And then uh, over time, we started to see lives change by the grace of God and there was this amazing property in the Heights section of our city, and so this church building, the seven-bedroom house in the parking lot, we got for $100,000, and we had a family who said, you know what, we're going to take care of that for you because we really believe in what God's doing, and so little steps of faith just moving to a new city and saying we want to show and share God's love with people who need it most. God did amazing things, and this is Restored Church now. Uh, this is an older photo from when we transitioned into the facility, but uh, in 2017, I turned the church over to my best friend, Tim, and he's now the lead pastor at Restored. He's done a great job since then, but uh, I was called to go and start not just a new church, but a new network called the Northeast Collaborative, and we empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America, which is the most Uh, unchurched, unreached, post-Christian corner of the nation. And so uh, that's been an amazing journey, but in the COVID crisis, my amazing wife Joy, who I told you a little bit about, we've married eight years now, she came to me and she's like, look, our boys are so young and we've been traveling for a decade. Is there any way that we could get off the road in this next season of life? And so God used my wife Joy to call us to Cortland, And so this is a picture of Grace Christian Fellowship in Cortland, New York, and uh, they've called me to be their new lead pastor there, just about 45 minutes south of here, and man, we are so excited to multiply followers of Jesus along with you, Eastern Hills, here in central New York, and we know that God's going to continue to do amazing things, even when times are tough. And I'm sure you're coming into this week, you're coming into the season just feeling the tension, right? There's so much craziness and chaos going on in Afghanistan, and there's so much uh, horrific stuff going on in Haiti and the earthquake and the devastation there. And and even here in America, we've got this Delta variant. What's going to happen? Like, how how much tension are we going to have about our uh, opposing viewpoints on how to respond? And man, uh, with all that's going on in our life, I think it's really important that we anchor ourselves in God's Word, because God's Word is eternal. God's Word is a foundation for our lives. God's Word will never return void, and it always uh, comes through for us when we need it most. So uh, if you can, go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're just going to dive in to Mark chapter 5. And uh, this graphic is from a series when we uh, at Restored Church when we preach through that question, who is Jesus, from the gospel of Mark. And so uh, Mark is uh, one of the four gospels, the accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus, and basically it's the the shortest, most fast-paced gospel, okay? So it's basically, it reads kind of like this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. So uh, it's really a fast-paced gospel. And in chapter five, we, we find this amazing story that we'll get to in just a second. But before we get there, I just want to ask you a question. How many of you like grilled cheese sandwiches, okay? Uh, in in the comment section, right, if you're watching this online, just go ahead and put in there if you love grilled cheese sandwiches or if you hate grilled cheese sandwiches, all right? Let us know whether you do or don't. So So I grew up eating grilled cheese sandwiches with American cheese, okay? And if you did, let us know in the comments. I mean, that's the only grilled cheese sandwich that I knew of was American cheese. But when I got married, again, weddings change your life, okay? And when I got married, Joy brought me this sandwich. She was gracious enough to make me a grilled cheese sandwich, and I, I bit into the sandwich, and I was like, oh my gosh, this sandwich is amazing. What did you do? Well, she used a different type of cheese, provolone cheese, try it out. Seriously, like this afternoon or or for lunch or whatever, you go make yourself a provolone grilled cheese sandwich and all I'm gonna tell you is you're welcome. You're welcome. If you've never tried a provolone grilled cheese sandwich, you don't know what you're missing, okay? It is nothing compared to American cheese. Now, I have talked about this all across the country, okay? The last decade of my life, I traveled the country and I was fundraising for church planning and stuff, and I've told everybody across the country when I'm speaking with my friends, with my family, and even my mom, I told my mom, I was like, listen mom, this provolone thing, like I I love that you serve me (laughs) grilled cheese sandwiches growing up, but man, provolone is incredible. And why did I do that? Why am I telling everyone about how amazing provolone cheese is? It's because when something changes your life, you can't stop talking about it. Now, that's kind of silly, right, with a grilled cheese sandwich. But on a more serious note, there's an organization in Philadelphia called the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And our oldest son, Landon, has gone through three open-heart surgeries because he was born missing an entire chamber of his heart. And we tell everyone that we meet about the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and how incredible they are. The nurses, the doctors, and even the support staff. I mean, the whole team there is so amazing. And because they saved the life of our son, God used them and through their professionalism, through their expertise, and through their skill. God used them to preserve the life of our son, and we can't stop talking about how amazing the Children's Hospital at Philadelphia is. And it it comes down to that principle, right? When something changes your life, you just can't stop talking about it. You have things like that in your life just like we have things like that in our family's life. And, And it also is true with someone. When someone changes your life, you can't stop talking about them. And the same is true with Jesus. Because Jesus, I firmly believe that Jesus is too great to keep to ourselves. If he's really all that he claimed to be, then there's no way that we're going to be able to keep him to ourselves because he is far too great to do that. And so if you forget everything else today, there's just one bottom line I want you to remember. And as we walk through the story in Mark 5, I just want you to remember this one bottom line. Jesus sends found people to find people. Jesus sends found people to find people. So let's go ahead and look at the story. Mark chapter five, starting in verse one. They, Jesus, Jesus and his disciples, went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Okay, and later we're actually gonna see there's a collection of three different towns, Gadara, Gergesa, and Gerasa. All right, try to say that three times fast. Gadara, Ger- Gergesa, and Gerasa. I mean, I have a hard time saying it. Then when Jesus got out of the boat, A man with an impure spirit, a demon, came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore those chains apart and he broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and keep cutting himself with stones." So what's happening here in the story? Well, Jesus and his disciples are coming off of this really momentous occasion where Jesus calmed the wind and the waves by his power. And so they're just coming off of this huge adrenaline rush, and they land, they come off of the sea, and they hit land, and all of a sudden this naked, crazy, demon-possessed, tomb-dwelling criminal (laughs) runs up to them. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be really freaked out right? Like if, if that happened to me and I was just coming off of a huge adrenaline rush and kind of hitting ground and going, okay, we got to We got to stabilize here. And then wham, here comes this guy, right? It's a little unsettling. And when they saw Jesus from a distance, okay, when he saw Jesus from a distance, this, this man that we're talking about, he ran and fell on his knees in front of Jesus. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said, come out of this man, you impure spirit, you demon. And then Jesus asked him, what's your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again, not to send them out of the region. So what's going on here? Well, this guy, uh, this naked, crazy, demon-possessed, tomb-dwelling criminal had had demons living inside of him. Okay, so what are demons? Demons are fallen angels. Okay, uh, the spiritual realities of life are just as real as the physical realities that we can see, taste, touch, and, and and feel. And angels are created beings, and they had free will, and some have chosen to follow God and love God, and others have chosen to uh, run with Satan, our our great enemy. And they constantly do all that they can to thwart or to combat the work of God in people's lives. And so they actually took possession of this man. And so when this man is speaking, it's actually the demons, these fallen angels, speaking through him. And guess what? They know who Jesus is. All right, The the brother of Jesus, James, would write about in his letter to the early church, he would say, yeah, demons know who Jesus is. Okay? Like in our lives, it's not about head knowledge. It's not about knowing. It's about our will. It's about our submission. We can know a lot of facts about God, but guess what? Sometimes people who know the most about God run the farthest from God. Sometimes people who know the most about God run the farthest from God. And Jesus came to chase the one, not to chase the 99. He leaves the 99 to go after the one, just like this man. This man was in desperate need of the grace and love of Jesus, just like we all are, right? And so these demons, man, they are taking possession, but they know. They know who Jesus is is. And so they say Jesus, are you going to judge us, right? Like are you sending us to hell now and 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 they're begging him. They say please don't do that. We want to continue to wreak havoc and and for some reason, like we we can't understand fully why God allows what he allows in our lives, but we know one thing. We know that God is about changing the lives of those around us and rescuing uh, others from darkness, just like we've been rescued from darkness. That is something he is about. And when we can't trace God's hand, we can trust his heart. So notice, the demons beg Jesus, don't don't send us out of the area. And then verse 11, a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside and the demons beg Jesus, "Send send us into that herd, send us into the pigs, okay? And allow us to go into them he gave them permission, and the impure spirits, the demons, came out and went into the pigs, and the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So culturally, what's happening here? Well, these three areas, Gergesa, Gadara, and Gerasa, guess what? This herd, scholars believe this herd of pigs was such a large business collaboration between those three towns like, it was such a large investment that when these these pigs died, all right, when these this herd of pigs went over the cliff and they died, guess what happened? The economy of that region was ruined. So, so what is God doing? Like, some of us, we come to these points in our lives where we go, God, why are you allowing this, right? And, and we don't, it doesn't make sense. Like, it says right here, Jesus gave them permission. Why did he do that? And you know, Oftentimes in this life, actually most times in this life, we don't have a clear answer as to the why. But when we can't trace God's hand, we trust his heart. And you got to see the heart of Jesus here. What he is about and what he is doing is bringing eternal transformation and hope and healing and freedom to the guy that everyone had written off. Again, this this demon-possessed tomb-dwelling criminal was the guy that everyone had written off. Do you know somebody like that? Do you have somebody like that in your family, on your sports team, at work, in your neighborhood, maybe even in your church? Don't, don't look at the person next to you or, or the person on the couch next to you, okay? <laughs> Do you know someone who everyone has written off? Or maybe today you feel like that guy or that girl who everyone has written off. And if that's you, you need to know something. Jesus has not written you off. Even though we write people off all the time, guess what? God has plans. He has good and wonderful plans for you and for me and for those in our spheres of influence who, who have not experienced his grace yet. And so we don't necessarily understand all of why Jesus gives permission for the economy of the region to be ruined, but we know that he's all about transformation in the life of this guy who everybody had written off. And so uh, in verses 15, 17, and 19, we're going to hit the hope, the rejection, and then the strategy. So look at this here with me. Verse 14 those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside and the people went out to see what had happened, okay? So basically, this was written a long time ago, right? Long before social media, but essentially this goes viral, okay? If social media were around, there'd be hashtags and it'd be going viral on every platform. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. Don't miss the hope in this story. When Jesus moves and when Jesus uh, comes, and that's that's how great and good God is. He comes our way, right? And when he frees this man from his demons, when he, when he, you notice, he says he's dressed, thank God, okay? Hopefully you're dressed uh, at home. I, we're never going to be able to tell, but you know, we're, most of us put on clothes for the day, and this man Was previously naked all the time, but he's dressed. He's putting on clothes. He's in his right mind. He's being healed emotionally, psychologically, physically, and spiritually. One hundred percent healed. That hope, that freedom, that that amazing redemption that Jesus brings about in the life of this man is so awesome and so incredible. And it's what we should want—not just for ourselves, but for everyone around us. But how do how does everyone respond? The people from Gerasa, Gergesa, and Gadara, how did they respond? Look at it here in verse 15. They were afraid. In verse 16, those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. So two things to highlight here. Number one, We can't get on our high horse with these folks. (laughs) We really can't. I mean, honestly, like, it'd be so easy to look at this and be like, you idiots. You missed it. The, The Savior of the world was right in front of you doing amazing things. Like we saw the hope in verse 15, and you rejected him? You idiots. You totally missed it. But we do that all the time. We're in the same boat. I mean, we miss what Jesus is doing and the opportunities that are around us all the time because we can only focus on how the circumstances are affecting us. You know, even this last week and, and even yesterday, I mean, my wife Joy and I were, were in bed together and we were talking about our brothers and sisters, followers of Jesus in Afghanistan and all the, the, the horrible persecution, like real, legit persecution and threats of death and torture that they are facing right now. And I think of my own life, and I'm like, man, if I go without internet, I'm whining and complaining. If I have to be uncomfortable for just a few minutes, I'm whining and complaining, and I'm only focused on how the circumstances affect me. And I'm missing out on the opportunities and the hope that's all around me when all I can do is think about, how, how does this affect me? And that's, that's where the people are at in this text, and that's where we find our, ourselves so often. We can't get on a high horse and be like, why were you afraid? Why are you asking Jesus to leave? We do that all the time. The second thing we should know is if people rejected Jesus, they're going to reject us. Like as we talk about Jesus sends found people to find people, one of the things we got to remember is that if if people rejected Jesus, it, it, it with the miracles and with all the hope and redemption that He brought and all the amazing things He did in His life and ministry and most of all, in His perfect life, death and resurrection on our behalf, they're going to reject us too. So what we're talking about today is not easy. Okay, it's a it's an honor and it's a privilege. It's a high calling, but it can be difficult because. So many of us fear rejection, but it's so comforting to know that Jesus has gone before us and he has experienced the very same rejection that we do when we share and show the love of Jesus with people in our spheres of influence. And so uh, at the very end here, we get to to this amazing strategy about how, right? Like at this point, you're kind of like, okay, Dan, like I, I think I'm getting the picture like this is, this is good. Like, I, I, you're like, we're talking turkey about what it takes to show and share the love of Jesus, but, but what does it really look like on Monday? Like, What does it look like week to week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Sorry, I dropped that remote. Let's take a look at it. Verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus didn't let him. And notice what he says in verse 19. Don't miss this. He said, go home. To your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Do you see the amazing strategy of Jesus? It's really not that complicated, but here's the deal we are experts at complicating the simple, aren't we? We are experts at complicating the simple. And I love this strategy that Jesus lays out in this verse. Verse 19 is so powerful and I just want to talk about it with you about how this what this looks like in 2021. In the middle of all this chaotic craziness going on in our nation and in our world, Jesus is still sending found people to find people. And if you're if you're watching this and you have not yet given your life to Jesus, We just want you to know here at at Eastern Hills and at our our church at Grace Christian, like we want to help introduce you to a real vibrant relationship with God through faith in Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection on your behalf. It's called the good news, and it's the best news that will change your life, not only here and now, but also for eternity. The great news is, though, eternal life doesn't start beyond the grave. It starts right now because in, in God's word, Jesus said, eternal life is that they would know you, the Father, and the one you have sent, talking about himself. Eternal life is knowing Jesus, and we can know Jesus right here and now. So so how do we do that? If you If you have not experienced that yet, we want you to, but chances are most of you watching have already crossed that line of faith, and if you have, you have been sent. You are sent to go and find because you've been found, because Jesus is too great to keep to ourselves. So I want to talk about some strategy stuff that, that plays into, or actually is a, 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 an outgrowth of, this strategy, where Jesus says, go home to your family and friends and tell them what the Lord has done for you. At, at our church, uh, Grace Christian, we have this a uh, strategy that we're going to try this fall, and we're going to give out these grace bomb cards. So uh, grace bomb is an intentional act of love motivated by Jesus. And so this fall, we're going to be grace bombing <laughs> central New York and Cortland County especially with intentional acts of love motivated by Jesus. And if you want to join us in that, you can certainly do that. We have uh, an amazing website. Our fr- my friend, Pat Linnell, who's going to come in October, he's uh, started this organization. You can go to gracebomb.org. You can watch the video. And if you give out one of these cards while you're loving someone on purpose, whether it's you know giving a, a generous tip at a restaurant or if it's asking someone in your sphere of influence, can I pray with you? Not just can, how can I pray for you, but... Can I pray with you right now? Or maybe it's serving someone and, and mowing their lawn for them. Maybe it's going to the hospital when someone needs you there the most. Whatever it might be, whenever we grace bump someone, we can take these cards and we can let them know why. Why are we giving them intentional acts of love? It's because we've been found by Jesus. And if you want to read his book, it's an incredible book, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. And it's just filled with stories of how God is transforming lives all across this nation. So that's, that's one way to do it. But another way that I found is a, a really helpful acrostic. It doesn't come from me. It comes from two brothers named Duh, uh, Dave and John Ferguson, amazing guys who have impacted so many churches across the nation and across the world. Now, uh, this bless strategy. First of all, beginning with prayer. Uh, when my wife and I go out to eat, nine times out of 10, we'll ask the waiter or waitress, how can we pray for you? We're gonna pray for our meal. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And it, the worst response we've ever gotten is no thank you. But more often than not, the amazing opportunities we have to hear the stories of single moms who are busting their butts to just get, you know, to provide for their kids, um, for, for college students who are stressed out because of midterms and stressed out because of their, their, uh, their course load and all of that. So, so we encourage people, let's, let's not just pray for people, let's pray with people. And then listen, listening to people. You know, people want to share their story. People want to be heard. And then a culture, and especially our cancel culture going on, where all we're doing is just shouting at each other, when we can come along as, as Jesus people going, what's your story? I'll take the time to pause and be still and to let you be heard. That's an amazing gift we can give people. We can eat with people. And instead of eating on, by ourselves, we can, we can encourage people by eating with them and bringing them along into our meal times throughout the week. And encouragement is something I could talk about for a long time. We won't take time here and now. But man, encouragement, like I, I've done a lot of research on this. And biblical encouragement, you know what it is? It's coming alongside someone else, pointing them to Jesus, and giving them the courage. To be all that God wants them to be, and to do all that God's calling them to do. Serving is seeing practical needs and just meeting those in the name of Jesus, letting people know that we're doing it because of Him. And then when it comes to story, sometimes uh, this this word evangelism gets really scary, right? And, and sometimes people think it's like this this much bigger, more complex thing than it is. Honestly, it's simply asking one question: What's your story? And then sharing your story and telling other people how you've been found by Jesus. And in so doing, you're going and finding because it's the most loving thing you could do. You know, there's a, an atheist named, uh, well, Penn is one of this uh, duo. Penn and Teller are magicians. And Penn is a very avid, active atheist. And he's actually got a podcast called uh, Penn's Sunday School you know, kind of playing off of the, of the church lingo there. And uh, I got to meet Penn actually in Las Vegas. And uh, he's an amazing, talented magician, but he has this awesome YouTube video where he, he looks at the camera and he says, look, for all you Christians that don't proselytize, all you Christians that don't care about evangelism, he's like, I don't respect that. I don't respect that at all. He says, how much do you have to hate somebody to not, to believe in hell and not tell them? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that someone could be separated from God forever and not let them know that there is an answer? If you believe that, then you should be sharing that. And the way to sharing that is by blessing, praying with people, listening to them, eating with them and encouraging them, serving them, and then asking them, what's your story? And then Sharing your story of how you've been found by Jesus. Another great resource for you is the book Bless that talks through this acrostic. Dave and John just came out with this uh, this past year, and man, it is an incredible resource that I would highly recommend to you. So I want to leave you with the final story of how my wife Joy and I are doing this in Cortland. So we're only 45 minutes south. One of the ways that we've started to live this out in our own life is a rhythm that we call Taco Tuesday. All right, so every Tuesday or every week, rather, Joy will go to the grocery store and she'll pick up all the ingredients for Taco Tuesday. And so every Tuesday night, we know we can invite people over into our home and just enjoy tacos together. And we've had guests from India and Syracuse and even our next door neighbors, um, Kay and Mark. So Kay here is 91 years old and no joke. She said, she told us, I've never eaten a taco legit. She said, I've never eaten a taco for 91 years. I've eaten Italian food. And she got to have her very first taco in our home just a few weeks ago. And it's been incredible to open up our new home. I mean, we just, we, we just moved up uh, a few months ago. So we've only been in our new home for a few months. But every Tuesday, opening up our home and inviting our neighbors to come over and just asking them, what's your story? How can we serve you? How can we love you on purpose? And letting them know that we're doing it because we love Jesus. And I, I, I firmly believe this. Jesus is too great to keep to ourselves. And this strategy that he has in Mark 5:19, 19, Jesus uh, did not let the man come with them, but he said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Listen, gang, if you've been found, you are called to find. It is a high calling. It is a great calling. And it's something that we all get to do. So, if you have not been found yet by Jesus, if you're like, Dan, I don't know where I'm at spiritually. I'm kind of kicking the tires. The team at Eastern Hills here would love to share the hope of Jesus with you more. And if you want to find me on social media, my name's Dan Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. Feel free to reach out. I'd love to talk to you too. But either me or the team here at Eastern Hills, we'd love to talk with you more. But for most of us who are followers of Jesus already, here's the question we've got to enter our week with. How will we Show and share the love of Jesus this week because Jesus sends found people to find people. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast. For more information about Eastern Hills, please check out easternhills.org. We would love to pray for you. Email your request to office at easternhills.org. If you would like to donate to the Ministry of Eastern Hills, click the Donate button in the upper right-hand corner of our website. We look forward to connecting with you again next week. Take care. God bless.